The Honorable Pete Buttigieg is the U.S. Secretary of Transportation. He spent six years as an intelligence officer in the Navy Reserves, along with a six-month deployment to Afghanistan. Pete Buttigieg is a graduate of Harvard College and the University of Oxford. He was the 32nd mayor of South Bend, Indiana, just across the border. From 2012 to 2020, he's the youngest cabinet member in the Biden administration and the youngest person ever to serve as the Secretary of Transportation. And Secretary Pete Buttigieg joins us on WGN Radio. Good evening, Mr. Secretary. Hello, good to be with you. Well, let's hope 2023 is a better year for air travel. It's uh, it's not been a fun ride these last couple of weeks. You could say that. It's never slow around here. It is never slow. So on Wednesday, first major ground stoppage since 9-11 uh, with the FAA and the systems kind of burning down. Where are we at with all of that? And where do we see things coming so this doesn't happen again? Yeah, so what happened was a safety system that the FAA uses to push information out to aircraft, uh, airlines, and and pilots uh, went down. They've traced the issue to a database, had a bad file, and this wound up bringing down the entire system. Uh, As it was being rebooted for safety reasons, there was a ground stop of about an hour and a half, which caused delays uh, really throughout the the day as the system recovered. Uh, My focus now is understanding how this could have happened. This is a system that has been already in the process of going through modernization. There are a lot of aging uh, systems at the FAA and and in our uh, uh, infrastructure space more generally. So just as we've been working to uh, make sure that we're improving uh, physical infrastructure that's aging, like roads and bridges around the country, we also need to do the same thing for technology infrastructure. And that's clearly an issue that caught up to the system this week. Uh, I want to make sure we get the answers on what has to happen so that that cannot occur again. No question about that. A couple weeks ago, for seven days into December, over 16,000 flights were canceled by Southwest. Some, some passengers whose bags went missing are still struggling to locate their belongings. I know the the Department of Transportation has required Southwest to honor the refund request within seven business days. Your department is fielding thousands of calls as we speak to get to the bottom of this as refunds, credits, and expenses, hotels, rental cars, whatever it took, aren't getting paid right now. Plus, you know, there's this 25,000 frequent flyer points. They've offered so much, but it's just not moving fast enough for passengers who are extremely frustrated. Yeah, and here's what I want to make sure passengers know. Uh, You have a right to get your money back if your flight was canceled, to get your expenses covered if you had to uh, stay in a hotel or or rent a car or or a lot of other related expenses. Uh, I've been pressing Southwest on reuniting passengers with their bags as well. And uh, you should know that we enforce a requirement that your expenses get covered due to delayed baggage up to uh, $3,800 per case. So what we're doing right now is uh, we're fielding the complaints from uh, people who are letting us know if they have not gotten promptly reimbursed. Uh, We're going to work, obviously there's thousands of them, so so it's going to take us a little while, but we're going to work through all of those and follow up. Our consumer protection program got hundreds of millions of dollars back to passengers last year alone in different cases where airlines were uh, failing to do prompt refunds. We're going to use those same authorities to make sure Southwest passengers here get taken care of. Yeah, I know. What can we put in place to put airlines more accountable to their passengers and avoid disasters like this one. I mean, this costs Southwest already over $800 million, but how do we protect the consumer? You know, around the holidays, so many people missed family events, weddings, and so forth. How do we do this so that this doesn't happen again with another airline? 
one of the things that we've been pushing, especially over the course of the last year, is to raise the standard of performance and customer service among the airlines. They're private companies, uh, and they're responsible for their choices, but we are a watchdog on this, and we found right. that by pushing them, we can get results. Uh, for example, uh, got a new level of customer service commitments from uh, just about all of the uh, top 10 airlines over the summer, uh, which is the, the authority we're now using to be able to enforce the requirements on Southwest to cover people's expenses. We're going to keep pushing on that. Uh, what's interesting and, and, and troubling about this case is, every, uh, as everybody in Chicago knows, we, we had a historic winter storm, but every other airline recovered quickly That's except right. this one. That's right. And so they need to fix all of the systems that uh, put Southwest in a very different place than the rest of the system in the days after the storm. You know, you and I both know that there are definitely less flights uh, in the air these days, and as a result, more full flights. And you almost want to look at how this happened, you know, in order to receive that $54 billion in federal pandemic aid, the airlines were barred from laying off workers, but they weren't prohibited from offering buyouts and early retirement. So tens of thousands of workers took the money. And during that time, airlines also stopped hiring, effectively cutting off a pipeline of potential new pilots and crew and staff that would be needed when travel actually returned. And that pause in hiring, that that shredding of pilots on staff means that when travel demand did come back, and here we are, the airlines are a bit understaffed as well, and we know there's clear staffing issues out there. That's right. There's not enough slack in the system. Look, we're, we're really, uh, economically speaking, we're really pleased that demand for air travel has come back far faster than uh, just about anybody expected. Uh, but when you have an industry that benefited from a lot of taxpayer support to keep it afloat, and, and for the record, I think it was the right call to, to prevent the, the airline industry yes. from going under during COVID. Uh, but, you know, there's some responsibilities, some expectations come with that. And uh, they need to be able to make sure the system is resilient to so that we don't go through these these cycles of booms and busts. And, and there are, uh, I think there's more work to do and more questions to be answered in terms of how this industry as a whole operates so that we stop experiencing these headaches, uh, whether it's uh, on the back end of a winter storm with Southwest or on some blue sky days like we saw over the right. summer where, where we had these same kind of issues. Let's switch gears to the roads a little bit. Nearly $274 million in funding for 12 projects to improve and expand transportation infrastructure in rural areas was just released. It includes about... $144 million, which will go to fix four bridges over the Calumet River here outside of Chicago. Please talk a little bit about this program, because this is just the first wave of funds that are going out there. That's right. We've got so many bridges around the country that uh, need to be improved. And it's not just the, the extreme dramatic cases like what we saw in Pennsylvania where a bridge actually collapsed. A lot of times what we have is a bridge that is rated as, as being in structural uh, trouble. doesn't mean it's about to uh, collapse, but it does mean that it's no longer safe to have large trucks or emergency vehicles or school buses go over that bridge. That's incredibly disruptive. It costs our supply chains. It can even uh, affect emergency response times. And so that's one of many reasons reasons why uh, we're undertaking a historic round of investment to improve bridges around the country. Uh, some of that is uh, small bridges that uh, you know are, aren't uh, maybe on the national map, but they matter a lot to, to uh, a rural community that, that really depends on that bridge and maybe doesn't have a good alternative. But also large bridges, bridges that frankly just they didn't have the money to, to, to do this right. uh, until we uh, we had this, uh, this program that uh, President Biden uh, pushed through as part of the infrastructure package. That's part of what we're talking about in Chicago. So we just announced four major bridge investments around the country. And one of them uh, is uh, a package, $144 million, uh, coming to those 
what are called bascule bridges. If you ever drive over the Skyway or, mm-hmm. or you're on the south side of Chicago, you yeah. see those bridges with those big industrial-looking wheels on. The, uh, each of those bridges goes up and down an average of 5,000 times a year uh, in order to allow that marine traffic along the Calumet River to get to where it's going. Four of these bridges need major rehab. We're really excited about uh, uh, what these dollars will do because, again, even if you don't live anywhere near Chicago, you're depending on these supply chains and these goods that are moving through those connections. And if you do live in Chicagoland, uh, obviously this is going to make a big difference there too. Yeah, you talked about 144 million, but there'll be more than a billion sent to Illinois over the next five years, which is your mark for more than right. 2,000 bridges. So there's a lot more to come. That's right. We've got 2,800 bridges that uh, we have already identified that are already getting the benefit of this program and many more where that came from. And many of those will be in Chicagoland. U.S. Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg. Pete, thank you so much for your time tonight. And thanks for joining us on WGN Radio. Thank you. Good being with you.